Hello Miracles, welcome back to the podcast. Today we're going to be talking about Adrian Agrest slash Cat Noir. It is a character spotlight today. We thought it was very fitting to start off with Adrian, because as we said in our introduction episode, he is all of our favorite character. Absolutely. I feel like he's 98% of the fandom's favorite character. I mean, understandably so. That gets me thinking, like, if, if it was Felix that we had as the original Cat Noir, do you think he would have been liked as much? That's a good question. You know, considering that, like, in the very beginning of all this, the fandom was kind of like, why didn't you go with your original concept with the Felix thing? That makes so much more sense. And then half of them were also like, but we, we do like Adrian, but, like, Felix is so much depth. So That's I, true. I, and it was just in the beginning, too, so I think now that the fandom has really bonded with Adrian, I think now they're kind of like, I don't think we should have gone with the original one, but if we could give Adrian, like, a little bit of a change in personality, just slightly, so that way he has some, like, he's not a cardboard box. He's not a cardboard cutout. Let's not make him that. Let's side, a brace of side. <laughs> well, let's, let's talk about the original concept for Cat Noir a little bit before we get into that. So... Yeah. For those of you that are not aware, uh, the Felix that is in the show now was almost Cat Noir in the beginning. He was going to be Cat Noir in the beginning. Is that correct? Yeah, like the personality yeah. and... Even uh, the character design was... Yeah, was basically 2AT what yeah. Felix is now. Yeah. So, so when the first uh, video dropped that the show was coming out, it was in 2D, it was an anime style, and although Marinette has basically gone unchanged from then to now, uh, they completely swapped Cat Noir's character. So originally it was going to be Felix, and he was going to be that same like poised, not very energetic personality, very moody all the time. Uh, very, very different. And then he was still going to have that very kind of happy, bubbly, sort of goofy personality when he was Cat Noir. It was a very big change between the two e like alter egos. Basically, it went from this is a rich kid, and then it went to this is a quirky individual in a cat suit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, um, I actually didn't know this until I read on the wiki. But in the original concept for the show, the ring was basically a curse, and Felix could not take off the ring, ever. Like, like it was that, bound to him. And I don't know if this was something he thought, or it was confirmed to him by Plague or something, but apparently he thought that if he kissed Ladybug, then the bad luck would cancel out and he could take the ring off. So that was why he would pursue her in the anime, at least for a little while, and then eventually grow feelings for her. But Which, that was... Like, yeah. that original concept does seem interesting, but I'm sitting here going, if that was the case, then with Ladybug, wouldn't she also know this? Or was it, like, this big, like, you can't tell anybody? That's, like, kind of very similar to, like, the red rings you put the ring on and it takes over the functions of your heart. Your heart stops beating, and your blood basically turns into plasma, and if you ever take the ring off again, you fucking die. <laughs> yeah, I think either Plague tells him, or it's just something he assumes that it'll cancel out. But it was also at a point where um, his ring did curse him with bad luck, 
and it would spread based on it seemed like it was spread on touch because they show in the video uh Felix touching a tree and then Marinette is like a few feet away looking at him and an apple falls on her head. Aww. I love that so, concept though. That's so cute. <laughs> How's that cute? He's just he's just a bad luck machine. <laughs> okay, but hear me out. Black cats are the best. Have you ever like just well, they are like even though they're considered bad luck, it's like they're so sweet though. And like that's not like extreme bad luck. That's just like ah, uh, it's I'm sorry, that was an apple. It's not like the whole tree fell over and crushed her. I thought, yeah, I did think that you were gonna say like lightning strikes the tree and he just stands there and, like, <laughs> like, and she's that would have like, been very um, anime. Okay, like the power of the gods. Also, wait, so yeah, if, for real. If this if this was like the original concept, what would make him put on the ring in the first place? So when you say the ring, do you mean the miraculous ring or do you mean the family ring? The miraculous ring. Okay. Because like if you if I you told me yeah. that if you put this ring on, you can never take it off again, and you're gonna have bad luck for the rest of your life. Why would you put it on? I I'm chaotic neutral, yeah. so that my my brain is like, what? How does this benefit me? Maybe plague tricked him. I would assume that the Felix at the moment, like that they were drawing up and creating would have wanted like power and still to escape his house okay so basically it would be like the promise of you have superpowers damn near indestructible yeah. but here's yeah. the catch yeah yeah that sounds about right that would make it even more spicy to the point where like we've had in the moments in the series just a switch just a quick jump for a hot sec where adrian has threatened to take off the ring before and he has but in this in this theory or like this original concept, he wouldn't be able to do that anyway. He would just have to like sit in his room and not show up. So would that mean that Hawk Moth wouldn't be able to get his miraculous then? I feel like Hawk Moth at that point would just take the ring off without any repercussion. Cause like again, like what happens if you take it off? Does he die? Is again is it like a red ring? I think it's literally I think it's just stuck to his body via magic. Like he just cannot take it off. Like he cannot physically pull it off of his finger. I feel like it had. It, there has to be like some sort of catch. Like the holder itself cannot take it off. But if an outside force did, then maybe. Because like how would? Yeah, again, how would? Like would he have to chop off the freaking hand, or how, would he force a kiss? You have to do it Lord of the Rings style. Oh, Christ, <laughs> we're going <laughs> to <cut> it off. <laughs> Hawkmoth Hawk just walks up to his son and bites off his finger. At this point. At this point, wouldn't be the worst thing he did. True. All right. So <laughs> continuing with the concept, though, when uh, they decided to ditch the Felix and Bridget uh, idea, which that was that was Marinette's first name was Bridget, by the way. Yep. I remember um, that. And they then went into Marinette and Adrian. Adrian had a um, disability. He had like a gimp or like a limp or something, you know, and so he had a cane with him. And when he transformed into Cat Noir, the, the cane would become the, the staff. Which oh. I do love. I love that love idea. That so much. But they dropped it because they were afraid that they wouldn't be able to portray a disabled character accurately. Which that's, that's understandable because that can be a scary road to go down. Because if they, if they do something wrong, 
people will get mad. Right. So that I think that's why they kind of were like, I uh, we can't do this like this. I think it would have been it would have been one of those like we take the risk to get the reward out of it. But um I I guess in the long run they decided not to take the risk, which it could have been cool, but it's understandable why they didn't. Yeah. Uh, and I know that like in the concept art too, the outfits for Adrian change. So like for the Felix one, we have the Felix look, and then for the uh, Adrian one with the uh, limp, he has like this sweater vest. And I'm sitting here going, why didn't we go with this design? This design is so much more like adorable, and definitely says, hey, yeah, I know I'm a rich kid that has a sense of style. I don't know where the idea came from of like, let's go with like a t-shirt and orange shoes. Yeah, he's literally a fashion model, and he's wearing, he's just w- rocking that same white jacket every day. It's like the Walmart brand of what we, we could have got. For real. He looks, like a wall- he looks like a Walmart brand commercial. To be fair, that's just one of those animation tropes where it's just way easier to animate characters in the same outfit. Because that that's the exact same argument you could have with Chloe. Why would Chloe be wearing the no, same no, no, outfit it's, every it's single not, day? Yeah, but Chloe looks fashionable. Yeah, Chloe makes sense. It's not the fact Met that girls the same, who dress like Chloe. It's not the same outfit every single day that ir- irritates me. It's more of like the style of outfit he's wearing. Yes. He's the son of a fashion designer. There is no way Precisely. in hell he'd walk out that front door and freaking converse in a t-shirt. Let me see your closet, Adrian. Let me see. Let me see. You're probably not the only girl that's a. Uh, See that said that. That's very true. That's very God true. It. it does, and I, and I am a grown ass adult, so not helping my case. Right. Well, you didn't mean it in that sense. You were more like in the motherly sense of like we need to look at your very outfits. much in the motherly sense. I'm in there. I'm ripping out clothes. I'm like, oh, this looks nice. Why don't you wear this more often? Oh, these are cute. Why don't you ever wear these? Get out of the t-shirt. Don't. No. No. You're not. We've got all this expensive clothing here. You're not going in a t-shirt. No. This entire show is just me going, where's your mother? Where's Where your, your mother? mother? Oh, she's in the fucking basement. Stop! <laughs> uh, All right. Anyway. So, also, a little bit into why, inevitably, they ended up switching over to Adrian and scrapping Felix. Uh, the big issue that they had was that he was way too tropey. He was way That's- too much of, like, a bad boy anime character. That it just it didn't fit with a real world esque like setting. Counter argument. Why does Marinette fall <laughs> over all the time? Well, if you look at the original concept, um, you don't really see like that excessively clumsy Marinette. Cause it seems like in that original video, Felix was pretty Felix seemed like it was pretty obvious to him that Marinette had a crush on him because Marinette was actually a lot more open and charismatic towards him and would constantly well, invite him to stuff and he Bridget well in the video I saw they still say Marinette in the title I'm sorry I'm okay I'm I'd, sorry I'd, I'm trying I'd like to argue that Felix is a little bit more aware of people than Adrian is 
So it makes sense that Felix would be aware of a crush that Bridget would have on him versus Adrian and Marionette. <laughs> Fucking fair. Yeah. But I, I believe that in the original concept, she was supposed to be very open about it. Kind of like the, I, I'm like so in love with you. I, I want all your attention. And Felix is just like, I don't want anything to do with you. You're crazy. Get away from me. Um, Which, in all honesty, we need... <laughs> now just just the wake-up call of like you don't need to know someone's schedule for the next three years you're crazy stop it your friends need to stop enabling you i think like the clumsiness is a little irritating because it's it's definitely like that old trope in a lot of animes where you would like the character would just like trip on their own two feet and fall over and sometimes yes it still happens in anime today but usually it happens when they're trying to like scramble to get to someplace important and then they trip and fall or it's usually in a lot of romance animes and it's like in a specific moment but it's not a constant thing it's like it happens once and it's like oh that was adorable it was like a mishap but it's all the time in miraculous like she just can't stay on her own two feet um I would like to voice that I exist and I have the exact same problem and it's actually nice to see a character be absolutely awfully awkwardly clumsy on screen continuously. So you fall over That's like she the- does on a constant basis all the way to I, the ground. All the way to the ground. I I fell on my own cat and fell down the stairs yesterday. My back is <laughs> killing me. I trip over my you know how short I am I trip over the length of my own pants and then fall flat on my face on a constant basis something always flying papers losing things in public the most embarrassing clumsy things I will drop my whole I tipped over my whole grocery cart one time I don't even know how that happened trips over the wet floor sign it just oh mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I trip. I slipped on a pickle one time and fell flat on my butt. Like it is, it is so shameful how often I am falling over, tripping on something, breaking something because I'm clumsy. I cause myself constant pain because of my clumsiness. So for me, it's nice to see like like she can't solve it. The only time that she can is when she's Ladybug, and even then, sometimes she has her moments here and there. Well, like so. Yeah. So I okay. In a nutshell, basically, the 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 trope when it comes to Marinette, 100% okay. But then the bad boy anime trope for Felix slash right? Adrian, not okay. Right, and that that I I do agree with you there. Well, the argument was was that um with with Marinette, it's like a physical challenge that she has to get through. So it still gives her plenty of opportunities to have any sort of character growth. Whereas with Felix, because they never really planned to give him any sort of good side unless he was Cat Noir, it didn't open up a lot of um a lot of doors for them to build Felix's character in any way, shape, or form. But th- and they didn't want to give him like any sort of good side from the sound of it. Okay, so in other words, they doomed themselves for failure anyway when it came to Felix. So they like which is kind of that that that's so messed up. All right. Well, in any case, that's the concept. Y- y- do you have written down as to why they they then just like ran with Adrian? Like when they came up with Adrian, did they have a plan for his personality, or they just go with like the exact opposite of Felix? Uh, kind of. So they, 
So in the original one, they still had it where Felix was Gabriel's son and he was a model. It was all that stuff. It was basically just a personality and name change. So I couldn't really find anything about why they decided to stick with that. I think they just wanted to try something different and go with somebody who was a lot nicer. And honestly, it gets to a point where it's like, if you put Felix and Adrian next to each other and you had to choose one of them to be a hero, who would you choose? Because if they were still going to work around the angle that the Guardian chose who was going to be Ladybug and Cat Noir, what in his head, honestly, would make him give it to Felix? I think at that point, though, that that would boil down to developing Felix as a character, as original concept. So if like if they d didn't come up with Adrian in the sense of like a whole new character, and they were like, well, let's have... Felix kind of have like this personality crisis, you know, he's like an imposter syndrome kind of sense. Like he has, he has this personality because he was raised as a rich kid. Okay. And then he's going to school and then he's starting to learn things. And so then like, at that point, I think that's where it's like, okay, maybe I'm being an ass. And so then he tries to do something nice. And then let's say he messes it up and he apologizes to like, let's say it's still foo. And he tries to do something nice for Fu, and then he messes up, and he's just like, I'm sorry. I'm just, I'm really bad. At, I'm trying. I, have a good day, sir. And just walks away. <laughs> and at that point, I think Fu would be like, I think he really does want to change. And maybe being a hero in that sense would help with that change. You know what I mean? I think it'd be similar to the Queen Bee situation, where Marinette was like, well, Ladybug has made me a better Marinette, so maybe... Queen Bee will make her a better Chloe. Exactly that. Yes. And then they walked back on that. And then they, they, they botched the whole idea and threw in Adrian. Because you're asking Thomas to have character development for semi-mean or mostly mean characters. Which, like, we, okay, side note, uh, <laughs> we've, we've established that there are 52 employees, right? 52 employees? Is, yes. Yeah. 52 yeah. employees at Zag, okay? Disney has like a hundred, like thousand, okay? Like that. But uh, again, that's comparing like the company of Nintendo to Scott Cawthon. Listen, I understand that like, Zag. That kind of scale. I understand that Zag is a baby animation studio. But don't they have a like contract or like agreement or like a like a handshake? like cross with with Disney I I will say it is pretty strange that they don't at least have more employees than I like I would understand like 50 more yeah just 100 like, employees like, like 100 employees okay but like it it still is it's still pretty wild that like they are now a umbrella company of disney basically not that zag is owned by disney but they're helping in the production of this show well it's not just which disney. is crazy it's also as i think toei is still helping with them yes they? yeah yes. toei does uh dragon ball z and other shows like that yes considering again i think it took them three months to write up the entirety of season one that no wonder why season one was written the way it was yeah, exactly. I mean, I'm not mad. I'm actually kind of impressed with the fact that they put 
so little time into writing a season and it still became a success. I, it is oppressive. All right, back to back to Adrian. All right, so now we're getting into the point where he, when when Adrian comes in, usually the first episode people see is like the bubbler. Unless you're Coco and see Mr. Pigeon first. <laughs> so for the bubbler, we first get introduced to Adrian when it's uh, his birthday. And like, you know, it, his friend at school wants to like throw him a birthday party and have a great time. And then this is also the episode where we first learn that Gabriel is an asshat and should not be a father and basically yeah. refuses... Oh, to let his son have a birthday party and then, then the show goes its normal course of you know the the kumatization uh nino gets akumatized because you know he tries to confront gabriel about it and then you know the overlord says no nino being the best friend ever yes uh and then of course you know the heroes come in save the day yada 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 and it- well to be fair at the beginning Adrian wasn't gonna deacumatize him. Yeah, he wanted to have the party. He was like, okay, I just, 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 just a little bit, just some time, please. But everybody was so upset and depressed. He's just like, wait a minute, I'm having the time of my life, but nobody else is. This is not fair. I think it was one of those question, those questionable moments of like, is Adrian really a hero? <laughs> he didn't immediately save his best friend from Hawkmoth. It was more of like the adults are currently headed to space. That was. That was the main thing for me. I feel like it was one of those things that's, like, super appealing to children. They're like, oh, this is awesome! And then you realize the repercussions of it. It's literally just like the Jimmy Neutron movie. I have no memory of this. In the Jimmy Neutron movie, the first one, uh, this was, I think this was before the TV show. I think this was the the pilot. I think you're right. Um, Yeah, because it was, it was animated differently and some of the characters had different models and different voice actors but anyway um jimmy sends out a message to aliens hoping someone finds it and so he could communicate with different life forms but it accidentally leads the aliens to his planet and they take all the parents out of their town to feed to their overlord and at first, it is awesome for all these kids. They're like, oh my god, there's no parents. Now we can do whatever we want. And then, like, two days later, they realize, oh crap, we are very dependent. <laughs> you know, define adult. Because I can tell you right now, I am 25 years old, but I have the mentality of a 16-year-old child. <laughs> but you have beings that depend on you, right? You know? No, not for you I mean, on. the animals, if anything, they just rely that's, on that's me what to get I, food, but I rely on them know, for emotional support. The base thing for children is they're like, they, like, I remember one of the kids in the movie was like, I had too much candy. I want, like, I want my mom to make me something to eat. Like, <laughs> yeah, I remember it's that. literally that simple with these kids is they literally like, they go ham, they're wrecking stuff, they're trashing the neighborhoods. They're breaking into the smoothie shops. They're drinking milkshakes. They're putting like all the sugar on everything. And like they go absolutely crazy. And then they're like starting to feel the repercussions of their actions. 
and yeah, exactly. It, and it's them realizing we are dependent on these people who we don't really like that much, which is fair, <laughs> honestly. Well, well, well. Is it the consequences of my own actions? <laughs> Precisely. And that's something that children don't have an understanding of and they depend on the adults for. And them having to realize it themselves and then they have to go to fucking space and go get their parents back. Just like in the bubbler. Precisely. <laughs> oh my God. All right. Well, in any case, since this is Jimmy Neutron 2.0, in, <laughs> in the episode, like I, I think when it came to this moment, it was for for Adrian. It was more or less like he had a hot second to be like, "Yeah, let's just party. Everybody's fine. We're gonna be okay. Let's just have a moment to like chill and hang out." Because he hasn't had this opportunity before to have like a party, you know. I, I, I mean, later on, that completely defeats the purpose because Party Crasher comes into play. So this is this is like part one, and never able to have a party. Um, I have Party Crasher down on my list, so we'll get to that one once we get to right uh, season three. Like when I first saw this, I didn't think like when I when Adrian said like, "No, let's just have a moment and like have some fun." I didn't think, "Oh, you shouldn't be a hero," because I don't think at this like. Like, at this point, I wasn't thinking, like, oh, yeah, no, you're the hero. You have to save the day, yada, yada, yada. I was more or less sitting here going, you know, if I was in this situation where I, I was never allowed to have a birthday party, and then all of a sudden some random, like, villatized human came in and said, you're going to you're gonna dance and have a good time doing it, I would have been like, you know, I should do something about this. But that cake in that corner is looking hella good. <laughs> That dance floor is calling my name. This is my jam. I'm going to dance to this. You know, he's got Party in yeah. the USA playing. Let's go swing our hips around. Let's <laughs> leave. <laughs> All right, then. All right. But in any case, like, I didn't see it as like, a, no, this is bad. I saw it more of a, like, you're taking an opportunity. And then he came to the realization, like, if I went around and then started trying to have a fun time and saw nobody else was having a fun time, then I'd be like, you know, okay, I can't have a fun time when all of you are like this. Yeah, I got to fix this situation. It's you know yeah. how like how that one coworker at work is like a really cool person and then when they're in a bad mood everybody else is in a bad mood. Oh yeah, 100%. It's like that vibe. Like I yeah. like I would walk in, I'd probably try like try to have fun at first and then once I saw everybody was just having a really shitty time I'd be like, "Okay, well now I can't have fun. All right, let's go fix this." Yeah, that was a nice little like early development for Adrian, but it also just kind of shows like cuz he was at that party for how long? Until he realized that no one was having fun. I think, I think it was very long, actually, because, like, freaking um, Ladybug came in and was like, let me change the music so that way uh, Chloe doesn't dance with Adrian. Uh, and then, like, had to, like, detransform, go back, and then go back in and be like, no, you need to stop this. So I think it was probably, like, a maximum of, like, maybe ten minutes. If that, it like, it felt really quick. Yeah, that's fair. Because, like, I understand, like, in a lot of shows, you can't really tell what what is happening. But as far as I'm aware, like, in combat, all the dialogue and stuff that you hear, like, when people are fighting, it's literally, like, six seconds. It's supposed to be, like, six seconds worth of combat. So, in all honesty, every fight that we see, unless they specifically have the time difference in, like, the show itself, is, like, five minutes maximum. Not even. It's, like, three-minute long battle. Well, yeah, because once literally their power, it's five sorry. minutes till they transform. So it's it's really not that much long of a time. Yeah. Yeah. 
uh net let's let's continue on here so that was a really good episode to kind of like give us a sense of adrian as like a person of like you know he he's human he's gonna make mistakes he's not perfect you know and, and he's doing his best he's he's given what he's got he's trying his best that was like the first introduction to adrian at least most of us got if not everybody but moving on mm-hmm uh, the next one I have down is Dark Cupid, which that one, it, it's, that one, it feels kind of minor because it was the moment where Adrian's like, I'm going to do it today. I'm going to do it. I'm going to profess my love to Ladybug. Right. So this is like, we've seen it in the other episodes where we can definitely tell, you know, he's definitely like into Ladybug and he's very flirtatious with her. And of course, I think she's just like at this point being like, okay, well, maybe he's just a flirt. And then at this point. In this episode, we like he's actually trying to say, "No, I have genuine feelings for you." Um, and then it didn't happen. So that was the one. So Adrian was writing down a poem for Ladybug, and then he throws it in the trash, and Marinette finds it, and then she reads it, and it's describing her, and she's like, "Oh, Adrian's talking about me," and Tiggy's like, "Oh yeah, he's totally talking about you." So then she was going to send her own letter back to him from her. Uh, but uh, obviously it wasn't for Baronet, it was for Ladybug. But And then um, Adrian was like, I don't need to send her a letter. I can just say it to her face the next time I see her. And Kim gets akumatized this video because he asked Chloe to be his valentine and she rejects him, obviously. He transforms. And um, as uh, Ladybug is starting to fight Dark Cupid, Cat Noir beats up and he's like, we're not going to do anything until I tell you this. And then right as he's about to say, I love you, uh, Dark Cupid hits him with an arrow. Which at that point for the rest of the episode, he's under he's under Dark Cupid's control. So at once he's hit, there isn't really any more potential character development because it's not really him thinking. But it is that that little sense of like, he was gonna have the confidence to just say it out loud. But he never got the chance to. It was just a missed opportunity that he could have done. And so it leaves it for later for uh, Marinette to find out on her own. During the Glossiator episode, which is the one you were thinking about, when Marinette finds out as Marinette that Cat Noir is in love with Ladybug. Well, if we have nothing else to talk about for Dark Cupid, the next one that I think was a very big episode for both Adrian and Cat Noir is Simon Says. Do you remember that one? I remember... <laughs> is that... I'm sorry. Is that the one where it was, like, the, the guy that had the cards and... Uh, yes. Yeah, this is the episode where freaking Gabriel turns into a butterfly. Butterfly! Yeah, but this is the one... So, Simon Says was after Gabriel... And so Ladybug and Cat Noir are at uh, the Aggressed Mansion to protect Gabriel. And this was like the first, this was the first time in which uh, Adrian, who at this point is Cat Noir, uh, yells at Gabriel to do what he's told and not just go off and do whatever because he was in danger. Right, yeah, okay. That, like, one moment where he just, like, stood up to, like, Gabriel in my mind. I'm sitting there going, "We, why do we only get one piece of this? We need more of that. We need more of that. But yeah. as, like, Adrian, not as, like, Cat Noir. 
But yeah, the funny thing is, is that in that moment when he did that and Gabriel was like, huh, I'm sitting here going, oh, no, oh, no, he I feel like that was very like if we could take that moment, I feel like that kind of resembles a lot of what how like Emily was like, just when I saw that in like in the sense, that's what I was getting at when I saw his face expression, not like the uh, oh, wow, you're pretty brave to tell me what to do. It was more of like a that reminds me of somebody, somebody I know. Yeah. On the same track as you, uh, I saw it as no one has talked to him like that since his wife, I would assume. Yeah. Yeah. I think that was the first time Adrian ever really stood up to his dad. Mm-hmm. And again, it was him as Cat Noir. So I think he um he felt like initially he was like, I'm gonna tell I'm gonna put him in his place because he's in danger. But then it kind of evolved down to him talking as Adrian. So that's how it kind of came off. And then this was also in the ep- later in the episode after everything's resolved when um when Gabriel comes in and he hugs Adrian and then it's the first time he notices the ring. And it's the first time he started to get suspicions. Yeah. True. But it is also this cuz at this point we I think until the end of this episode, we all just assume we all saw it as Gabriel hating his own son. I still think because he never spent time with him, he never talked about him, and then he actually like comes in and hugs him, and he's like, "I'm glad everyone's okay." Um, it wasn't really until then when you're like, "Oh, he actually does kind of care," but it wasn't until like the Style Queen area, like near the end of season two, that actually showed he cared. I because I still I still at this point I like out of everything that has happened thus to that point I'm I'm sitting here on the fence still I'm like I don't think I don't think you care I honestly I I, I also don't, don't agree that he cares I think it's more of like um it's a weird thing I think it's more of like a media portrayal I believe Gabriel sees Adrian as a possession and less as his as his own person yeah that so i don't see all his stuff is handpicked for him all his like i would assume even his clothes would be handpicked even though we were pooping on earlier uh i like his classes like everything his schedule like everything is handpicked by like gabriel he has no control no freedom and i think gabriel mostly sees him as a like live-in possession and an extension of emily rather as his yeah. own person. No, can definitely agree to that. It, it, you know, like, with, with, usually when it comes to, like, most parents, in a sense, your kid is kind of your way of living on through them. Because it, it literally, it, you, your child is kind of a piece of you in a sense of, like, biology it's in an, that sense. It's an extension of someone else. Right. Or that's how most parents see it. Well, I mean, with everything leading up to origins it was like because so he was locked in the house couldn't go anywhere unless it was work related he couldn't do anything and the only people he could ever interact with were people that came over to the house really so and that's how that's how he ended up those are all gabriel's friends and those are their children well felix's family so Felix, they come over because they're family. Chloe, Chloe's the one that he mostly grew up with, and it's because he yeah. Gabriel's friends with his or her mom. 
Well, and not just friends, they work together. Cult. Yeah, they're also in like a weird cult that I'm like, I don't know if we're all picking up on that, but there's like a weird cult thing happening there. I don't know what's going on. And the fashion cult. With, same thing with uh, Kagami's mother. Like, they're old friends as well. So like, like, that is why he's allowed those few friends because they're Gabriel's friends. Well, they're people that I think he trusts to a point where he's like, okay, Adrian can hang out with these kids because they're also um, very strict on their rules. Mm -hmm. And so, like, these are the friends that Gabriel allows Adrian to have because he knows that he knows their upbringings make them behave. Mm hmm. And then he sees someone like Nino for the first time, and he's like, this kid dares come into my house mm -hmm. and tells me what's best for my son. Hell no. Mm -hmm. You know what? Okay, we've all seen Tangled. We know the song Mother Knows Best. Change it literally. to Father Knows Best. And literally. that's literally Gabriel. Literally. He's constantly gaslighting yeah. Adrian. He's constantly putting him in a position where, like, even when he knows... Like, I know we're not at one of those episodes yet, but even when he does find out, like I've said many times, just ground your son and take his piece of jewelry. You weird, weird man. Stop even, putting like, him in a position where he gets akumatized. You sick weirdo. What is your problem? It, it, it just boggles my mind because even in, like, one of the most recent episodes, he realizes that, like, there's, like, a negative emotion and then finds out it's Adrian and he's just like, yes! I can't akumatize him. Can I? Character development. Annie calls him and he's like, it, he's like, what's going on? And then he calls his people and he's like, you bring his butt home. And then he's like, Adrian, you can talk to me if you want to talk about it. Bullshit. And I was like, are you okay? Did you take your happy pills this morning? <laughs> I distinctly remember you throwing your own son off a roof a few seasons ago, so I don't know what this behavior is about. We are going to get into that episode in a little bit. I, but I think for, um, for time purposes, instead of going episodically, let's go seasonally, because there are four seasons, so we can talk about his progression in the season itself and just pick from episodes that we, we think had good moments. Because if we go episodic, we're going to be here for six weeks. That's fair. Okay, but we're we're well into season two at this point, which the notes I had down were the collector when it's under the suspicion that Gabriel's Hawk Moth. Yeah. And it, it hits Adrian pretty hard. Uh Despair yeah. Bear, which is the Adrian Chloe uh dispute. Mm hmm Um Repost, which is the first one where Kagami shows up. Mm-hmm. Gorazilla when Gabriel throws Adrian off a roof. <laughs> Just kidding. Actually, no, Adrian actually willingly jumped off that roof. Yeah, and then, like... Because Ladybug told him to. <laughs> yeah, and then, like, literally Hawkmoth was like, okay. let go, Ladybug. I, when I say shoved his son off a roof, I quite literally mean put him, because he was suspicious. So he put his son in a position that was life-threatening and the only way if Ladybug hadn't saved his ass, the only way that he would have been able to get himself out of it is by revealing that he is Cat Noir. So either your son dies, or he's a superhero. <laughs> Those are the options that you decided you wanted to go through today. On purpose, with all four of your brain cells. 
I don't even think you're giving him a lot of credit for having four brain cells. I look, I've the, the I give the man credit for his fashion and nothing else. He gets nothing else. I'm very disappointed in him. <laughs> okay, I go through the last few episodes before we go deeper that I have down. Um, I have a minor minor part in the Dark Owl when they're trapped in the um the storage unit and they both have to unmask. Ugh. That moment. And then I also have Frozer because at the beginning and the end there was a bit with Adrian and then like with uh Kagami and Marinette. And then I had a minor part for Style Queen because I feel like that was more of like like Style Queen and then the uh, Queen Wasp because I feel like that's another minor like Adrian Gabriel relationship type deal. Mm-hmm. And then the Christmas special. We don't talk about the Christmas special, but um, I have yet to talk see the Christmas, Christmas special. special. Oh God, it's a musical, mind you. And um, <laughs> sadly, uh. Although I'm pretty sure in the French the French dub, uh, Adrian's voice actor is a very nice singer. Watch it in French. <laughs> Meliodas cannot sing. Yeah, but I already knew Meliodas couldn't sing, so it's okay. <laughs> okay, it, it's I it's not terrible. I'm trying so hard, and it's like taking me out of it. So like, because I can hear it now, because I didn't know before, and something was bugging me about his voice. And now I'm watching it, and I'm like, oh my god. Stop. You, can't talk. you need to stop talking. It's all I can hear. <laughs> it, it doesn't even help, too, that he kind of also looks like Meliodas. He doesn't. He has this... He's got green eyes and blonde hair. Who did this to me? <laughs> what am I supposed Dude, to if do? That, if, if that bothers you... Have you, have you not seen Wreck-It Ralph? I've seen Wreck-It Ralph. The four main characters look like their voice actors. Yeah, that's true. That's true. That's true. So th- they've done that before. No, <laughs> well, I, I mean, mean it, he looks like a like a different character from a completely different show. Still an still an anime. Technically, I would consider this an anime as well, I guess. But like he, the candor, the like like. If someone were to make, like, one of those weird fan edits like they did back in the 2000s, someone would make Meliodas the adult version of Adrian, and I hate that. I hate that that is, is that, that, that possibly exists on the internet. I hate that I'm going to probably end up finding it. Someone's going to send it to me. I know someone's going to send it to me. I'm on that's it. That's how it works. I'm going to find this going on Tumblr right like, now. I hate it. I hate it so much. Someone, someone's written like a lot pad where 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 Meliodas is is where Adrian has to go back in time and he has to adult there and anyway, <laughs> off topic again. Okay, a little bit. I mean, we're talking about the voice actor just because yeah. I guess you guys aren't big fans of the Christmas special, and I haven't seen it for the most no part. Oh yeah, you said you haven't seen it, but you you've heard him sing though. Like, have you heard any of the songs in it? No. okay i'm saying this he's personally i think he's on key which doesn't make it bad the problem with when i hear it is that he it doesn't feel like he puts a lot of effort into it so it doesn't feel as as energetic as it should be 
they also made a mistake when he's uh, detransforming. He says claws out instead of claws in. Yeah, I know. For, Their budget was two corn chips and a flat soda for this Christmas Look, special. I watched, and I'll send it if I can find it in my history. I'll send it to our stuff. But I saw someone go through the last episode, and the quality control is just bad. It's so yeah. bad. There's Cat Noir is not fighting with them, but when they zoom out, he is on the opposite rooftop. Even though Adrian is currently doing, uh, he's in a car and then he has to go do an interview. <laughs> and they comment about not having Cat Noir. But if you look, Cat Noir is in the background. <laughs> <laughs> he's so proud. It's all oh my. Listen, listen, 52 employees. <laughs> I, but I. But have their hands dipped into several animation companies. Yes. Clearly, they're not using their resources. So I think at this point, it's just like a bragging right thing and not really a... uh... Someone was like, well, if you want them to push out episodes really fast. And I was like... "Mm, We don't need... We We can take from other areas. Maybe get some faster writers. People who are slightly, slightly better at this. (laughs) <laughs> Alright, we're talking about the Christmas special. Do we have anything else to talk about? No! <laughs> okay, so let's, let's go back. Let's go back to the beginning of season two. Um, Well, we have uh the few episodes to continue with uh, Adrian and Gabriel, with the Collector, and with Gorazilla, and with the Style Queen episodes. Now I'm trying to break it down by the relationships that you see him build throughout the season. So these were the episodes in which it was predominantly build between him and his dad okay so and then go back later and then do another one okay i all i can say is is that in any and my the way my memory serves me no matter what episode it is when it comes to like him and his dad it's always well actually his father he's not a dad he's just a father (laughs) any man can be a father but it takes a special one to be a dad his father um always an asshat it's just it no matter what he just always seemed to have this just I don't care about you vibe. And he only ever shows that he cares like in a public setting. It's like never really at home until just recently when he like called Adrian to the office was like, are you okay? Like you could talk to me. And Adrian's like, yeah, whatever. Sure. I could definitely talk to you about anything. Clearly like the past year has proven that. Well, to be fair in public, like you don't really see, cause Literally, they say it in the in the Queen Wasp episode when Gabriel comes to the fashion show and hugs Adrian. So that's the first time anybody has seen him out of his house since his wife disappeared. Right. Yeah. So the, that was a big shock publicly, and then he then hugs his son. So then everybody's just like, <gasps> "Le gasp!" So <laughs> well, it wasn't a le gasp of "Oh my god, he loves his kid." It's "Oh my god, he's out of the house. He's no longer a hermit." Yeah, because everybody just assumes that he cares about Adrian, but meanwhile, nobody asks Adrian, can we get DCF involved? Could we just... (sighs) Well, I think if, like, Adrian even sat down with a therapist, Adrian would still be like, I know my dad loves me. Somewhere. Sometimes. I feel like... It's like like the start to the poem. It'd be like, whenever I'm sad, my grandmother gives me karate chops. It's like, whenever I'm sad, my dad locks me in my room. (laughs) It's like, no, that's not love. That's 
What? That, like, that's kind of the entire thing is he, like, he's constantly afraid of disappointing people to a detrimental, like, it causes more problems than he originally needed to happen. He doesn't open up to people very easily. Like, Mans has got got trauma. We can't have good characters without having trauma, though. It's true, but why do they have to traumatize the baby? You know, why must everyone traumatize the babies? What's up with that? (laughs) It's not okay. Back to the subject at hand, Adrian struggles with that communication aspect. Absolutely. Well, yeah, I think that just comes from him having that sheltered life and having very little social interaction, that these are things that he just never had the chance to pick up on. Right, but it's it's been a school year, and I, I still see him struggling to, like, talk to his father about something, which at this point, being surrounded by his friends and being in a social environment, he probably would have picked up on a few things and being like, you know... I really don't like the way you're talking to me. Had that moment of realization of, you know, oh, my father's an asshat. Well, I'm trying to think. Aside from where dad, which we'll talk about later, because that's also a pretty big cat noir episode. But how many other families has Adrian really interacted with besides Felix's... Chloe's and Kagami's. I would say at this point, since the like, haven't they said it's kind of been almost an entire school year? Yeah, but he's hung out with a bunch of friends, but we've never really seen him hang out with other people's families. Probably not on screen. He's not allowed to go to other people's house. For the most part that we've seen him is in the park or on uh, Julica's boathouse. Yeah, I think think Luke Luca's and Julica's mom is like one of the only people that he regularly interacts with. Well, like he has been like on the phone, like screen time at like uh, Alia's place, and he he's also aware that Nino has a brother. So I I would assume that even though it's not necessarily mentioned on screen, it could be an off screen scenario where he's probably already met the families of like Nino and Alia. So he's already seen like their kind of family dynamic. But if you want, if you want Adrian to get to that realization of my father's an asshole, then you need to see that on screen. You can't just have him one day be like, "God, my dad, my dad is doing these horrible things to me." Like you need to see that interaction. Like right. in the, I'm sorry to bring up the Christmas special again because I know <laughs> it's a touchy subject for you, Chibi. <laughs> but when he is running across the roof. And and attempting to sing, and he's going by all these houses of these people being happy and together, and seeing them like together on Christmas, and like that's the only interaction you see. <laughs> that like the one thing that the show really doesn't do is kind of like flashbacks a lot. It like they could mention it, but they don't do like that anime trope of like a flashback. <laughs> um, well, they they, they kind of did for Stormy Weather too, because they did one of those like recap type episodes. They'll do that, yeah, the, that's a recap the three episode. days ago thing. I'm talking about like Naruto style flashback within a flashback within a daydream yeah. within a genjutsu within a flashback. I I think that the the main thing here is the communication that we were talking about. Mm-hmm. Your guys's thoughts with the communication he's terrible at it he's so he's 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 so i think the uh the new york special is the one that like really just hits it home about how bad they are at communicating because even uh nino and alia try to like wingman them both 
and they both just end up face bombing. Like they're bo- they're both just like, oh my god, why did we? Why did we try? And e- yeah, it wasn't even that. It, that wasn't the only instance because they tried doing that in Despair mm-hmm. Bear when they tried to get them to dance. Mm-hmm. And then I think it was Puppeteer Two, and when they had like that alternate scene type thing where they had Alia talking to Marinette mm-hmm. and Nito talking to Adrian. Mm-hmm. Yep, and like it also kind of it rolls over uh, to like his alter ego cat noir as well but like in the new york special he was like well if i just don't tell ladybug it won't hurt her right it's like he needed to communicate hey uh i'm going to new york too nino, surprise nino says it perfectly i think and he says that adrian is like a baby bird he has because yeah. yeah. he's just just leaving the precisely nest. like he has no idea what he's doing he has no idea how to people the only people he's ever peopled with have been, as far as we can tell, Chloe and Felix, Kagami comes in later, and Chloe and Felix aren't nice people, and neither is his dad, and Adrian, as far as I can tell, kind of just accepts that this is how they are, and when we see him get to school, like, he starts to change, and he starts to realize, like, this is not how things are. Because he's, like, eyes are opening, he's seeing the real world, and it just, but he, I don't know what it's going to take to get him to communicate, honestly. And, like, also, to, like, the side note, I know that it benefited uh, Gabriel in the long run to send Adrian to New York, but at the same time, you sent your kid all the way to the United States of America, but you can't let him go over a friend's house in the same exact town you live in? Yeah, it- He, look, the logic, he has none. None at all. Oh, God, no. He says he doesn't want to send his son out into the world because the world is dangerous. Because I would assume of what happened to Emily or whatever the hell is happening. And then he lets his son go out into the world. And then, and or not just the world, but he lets him go out into Paris. The same Paris that he plans on constantly villainizing and making a freaking problem to the point where it's life-threatening and they have, like, Akuma drills and you're just down with this behavior. It's very strange to me that he's continuously putting his son in a position of almost death, but treats him like he, like, losing him would be the absolute worst. Yes, treats him like he's made a glass, and, like, losing him would be the absolute worst thing. See, okay, now, this would make a lot more sense if, like, uh, if, if they went with the original concept where, like, Adrian was, had, like, a gimp. Or, like, you know, had, like, a, a disability. So, at that point, it's like, oh, okay, you can't run away. You can't run. You, you can't move that fast. So, yeah. if you get into a Literally. situation... Where are you going to go? Meanwhile, the current Adrian, he's perfectly fine with running, clearly. Yeah. Like, he's in fencing, he can fight, he can do all those things. But, like, if he had that disability, so he didn't have the fencing classes, or, like, he couldn't run very far, or, you know, whatever the case is, if he had those limits, I could see where Gabriel was like, no, you're not going out there, it's dangerous, you're, you're like, you can't do these things that normal people can do. So at that point, it's more of like, babying him because of his disability instead of giving him the chance that would make more sense but since he's like this healthy kid that can basically like defend himself he fought a wax figurine of hawk moth with an umbrella yeah he can handle himself yeah 
basically we've if we're going to try and put into like a very simple sentence on adrian as a character what would you say his personality is wholesome yet ignorant yeah i'd say caring and um i don't know what the word i'm looking for but he's not very observant observe observe it oh my god observative nope i give up he's not very good at Assertive or observant? I have this like I forget it's uh dysgraphia and I can't words no. And this week has been terrible. I'm mixing like say cat dog, it's uh dat uh cog. Like it's bad. I don't know what's going on. But <laughs> he's not very observant at all. Like really at all, even when they're in the moment, like his passive perception is an all-time low. Yes. <laughs> All right. So I I agree with both of you on that one. I I I definitely see him being very caring, but very naive. Yes. Mm-hmm. Now, since we know this, what type of development do you want to see with his character? Abrasive side. Yeah, I want to see him get more assertive. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, like holding his own and sticking up for himself mm-hmm. and others and same. Like that 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 little bit we see of him in the what how do you pronounce it? Enfermal? Enfermal. Enfermal. That's it. Uh that little bit you see of Adrian kind of acting like Cat Noir, but he's still Adrian. Mm-hmm. A little bit like that, but still in like like in Simon says when he yells at his dad, that's what I want to see as Adrian and not as Cat Noir. Okay. I want to see him be a little bit more assertive, which you see, I think the first hint you see him truly do that. I'm going to, this is going to be the segue. Uh, the first hint where you see Adrian be assertive, I would say is a despair bear when he tells off yes. Chloe. Yeah, I agree. So this this is gonna bring us out of the Gabriel relationship and bring it into the Chloe relationship. Well, it's like it's all relationships too, because there is a time too where he's also assertive towards Lila. It's like you hurt my friend Marinette, and that's not okay. And I'm like, Whoa! that's Whoa! Girl, but again, girl. this was this was him. This was after he hung out with Lila a few times. So, like, at the beginning, he was, like, especially at the beginning of the Volpita episode, when she was so openly flirting with him, and he just let it happen. I don't think he noticed. I don't he did. She was... I think he's uh, just like, yeah, she's a good buddy. But it, I think it's harder for him to read other people, since he hasn't had that practice growing up, in a sense. Yeah, that's pretty fair. And uh, it's just that thing where it was, like, it was so obvious that it bothered me. Yeah. No, it's it's very obvious. Even like with Marinette, it's it's extremely obvious. It's just yeah. Kagami later like basically shoves him into a wall, and he still is like, "What is happening? What is going on? What is this that we're doing?" Like he and I can't and I like on the same line of I can't tell if he's just like not used to it or if he's just like overtly used to women acting like this around him or young girls anyway, like acting like this around you know. That could be true. Is just that like it, he's just maybe he's trying to deny it in a sense of like okay, every single girl is attracted to me. 
why do you also got to be part of this? Can I just pretend that you're a friend? Can I, can we just... Yeah. But, like, at that point, I feel like it needs to be, like, a blatantly obvious thing. Like, later on, if he talks to Plague about it, and he'll be like, why is it that every single girl that I come in contact with gets a crush on me? Like, Lila clearly has a thing for me, but why is it that she just can't be a friend with me? If he just, like, has that kind of conversation, even with it's just himself, but technically to the camera slash viewers it would make more sense for us and like make us realize, okay, so he's not an idiot. He just doesn't want everybody to flirt with him, which to be fair, neither do I. Yeah. hundred mm-hmm. percent. So that would make a lot of sense. So there's like different types of ways people kind of say, I have feelings for you. And he can't quite grasp that logic. And Chloe's is kind of different in a sense too, because especially in season one, it almost seemed like in her head they were already a couple. And I think Adrian kind of knew that one already because no matter what, anytime Chloe got close to him, he's kind of got like this, yes, Chloe, okay. Like, oh, here we go again. She's flirting with the the relationship between Adrian and Chloe. I think he is well aware of how Chloe felt. He just didn't care for her in that sense. Because I think like growing up together, Chloe might have developed feelings, but I think Adrian more or less sees her as kind of like a sister. Yeah, I think that's fair. I also don't think Chloe genuinely likes Adrian, like, more than a friend. I think that Chloe is interested in the idea of Adrian. I don't think she's interested in Adrian the person. I think she wants to be... Like that social status? She wants the social status of it's Chloe Bourgeois and and Adrian Agreste, the power couple of Paris. Like, yeah, definitely the the status symbol. Like she, I don't really think she even knows him as a human being. Like, like, not really. It's also like when like Cat Noir showed up, she's just like, oh, it's you. So she really doesn't even care for like the Cat Noir half of it. So it, it like. I'm sitting here going, okay, at least with, like, Marinette, she can put up with Cat Noir and even laughs with him half the mm-hmm. time. As is right with Chloe, it's just outright, you're disgusting, go away. And we know Adrian likes making puns, clearly, because with the Infernal episode, he, like, starts showing his Cat Noir side mm-hmm. a little bit, and also the fact that one favorite line in, like, the Dark Knight episode, where it's like, I got turned to a knight, Adrian comes down the stairs, me too, what a nightmare! <laughs> that- oh my god! <laughs> Adrian, your cat noir is showing. That was the best moment ever. And he just flies off camera. And Marinette and Chloe are standing there like, did that just happen? (laughs) Oh my god, that scene is like, I love that one so much. I just have that on replay forever. The Imperial episode just continuously has been replaying in my brain. And I'm so messed up about it. Oh my god, alright. His, uh, I don't, no, I lost my train of thought, go ahead. All right, so we touched on the personality of Adrian. We did the concept art. We went through and did some development stuff in certain episodes. And then we did, like, personality and what we want to see in him. Uh, As far as it comes to the fandom, there has been a line between what is Adrian's real personality. And this is something that me and Coco, we've talked about before, where he's not 100% who he is as Adrian, and he's not 100% Cat Noir. So Cat Noir's not like his whole true self, but it is a portion of him. He's like a mix between the two. So what do you guys say on this between, you know, Adrian and then his alter ego, Cat Noir? Like, they're like two separate personalities in a sense, but they're the same person. 
Well, I see it as, like, Adrian is the one that's not expressive enough, mostly out of fear. And then you have Cat Noir, who is too expressive out of no fear. <laughs> and, um, I think the best... I Because th- if you have that middle ground, it seems like that would be where he would be. Because we know why he's not expre- not super expressive as Adrian, and we know why he's super expressive as Cat Noir. But I think once, if he's able to kind of detach himself from his dad and calm down a little bit as Cat Noir, I think we would see who he really is. So would you say that Infernal kind of brought that together? Yeah, I'd say so. Coco? I would... Okay, so I think that Sorry, my brain is trying to gather all my thoughts. My cat's being distracted. Yeah, he's got so much to say. Um, Cat activation. Um, Oh, personalities. So I think that... Okay, then leave. Oh, my God. Okay, jeez. I think that uh, Adrian has... like, Like we've talked about. I think that he has a mix of both. I think that the way he is as Cat Noir is not only just when he's confident, but when he's comfortable with the people that he's around. Um, and it, like his kindness that he gives off in their origins episode, like that, it, like that's kind of just like baseline how Adrian is. And when he gets comfortable, he's cracking jokes, he's professing his love. And he's comfortable doing that. And then once he's still Adrian, when we see him home alone, he's still acting like the mix of these two separate quote unquote characters that we've seen. So like, I very much think that like the Adrian we see home alone talking to Plague, that's the Adrian. That's who he really is. He's just like shy and doesn't open up to people very often, which I've known plenty of people like that. And I'm one of those people too. So that's relatable. So when you say shy and hasn't opened up to people, are you saying that he's just shy because he doesn't know what to say, or do you think he's built up walls as defenses? I I don't know for sure, because I think it could be either, but I also think it's just a level of maybe that's just how he is as a person. Like, there, I've had plenty of people in my life who are completely different people when they are comfortable in their own home. Like, they are giving way different energy, and they are way different people. They're way more comfortable, and they're themselves. Well, I mean, that's just a standard with most people, is, is like, you act a different way when you're with your drinking buddies than you do when you're with your grandma. But I think the only time that he has that wall down, like, which I think is up for defense, like you're saying, I think the only time he has that wall down is when he's alone or when he is Cat Noir. And I think that defense is there because of his dad. Maybe mom, but I that's a story for another time that we'll get to. So, in other words, Adrian is who he is because he has a name. He has He's basically an icon, a figurehead in a sense. Uh, and then as Cat Noir, he was free to kind of just let his Mm -hmm. energy and personality explode to the point where he kind of just feels like he doesn't have to have a Mm -hmm. limit. He doesn't have to like 
like yes like i don't think cat noir is 100 percent like what adrian is like when he's alone i just think that he's very much like no one knows who i am i can do whatever i want (laughs) like i think to an extent like yeah to an extent but like i also think he's a good person so he's not like that it's just very much i can make these jokes and no one knows it's adrian agrest making these jokes which is why an infer an 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 enemy infernal when he like occasionally cracks those jokes i know it's just animated but he does seem sheepish when he does it like he seems like a little nervous about doing it but it pays off well and it works so he's more comfortable doing it. And I think that feeling right. who he was made him more comfortable. So that's why you start to see those two personalities blend. Because the person that he loves and cares about knows. So why not be comfortable? Because he's happier. And then they broke. So now it's at this point, it's like, I don't care what other people think of me. Because this person knows who I mm-hmm. am now. And I, want, I only care about what they think. Mm-hmm. So one of the moments where I feel like Adrian's true personality shows up due to him being comfortable. And, like, without Cat Noir or anything like that, it was the episode where, um, I don't, I don't remember, uh, it was Jagged Stone's assistant that got akumatized, and it was in Marinette's home. And then they film in her room and sees all the pictures of Adrian. Mm-hmm. And then at the end, Adrian was like, so why are there a bunch of pictures in your room of me? And she's like, oh, no reason. Uh, it's because of fashion. And he's like, are you yeah! lying? <laughs> yes! That, I feel like, is a comfortable it's true like, Adrian. Like, the way he looked at yes. her, too. Like, oh, really? Are you sure? <laughs> I mean, I'm just messing with you. That's, that is who I think true Adrian is. True, comfortable Adrian. Yeah. Is that Adrian. But that just showed how comfortable he was with Marinette. Because how often do you see him that comfortable with, like, Nino? Speaking of Nino with that one, remember in Rocketeer, he's just, like, he's kept saying how, like, no, everybody finds Cat Noir annoying. And then, like, Adrian's sitting there going, I'm sorry, I'm annoying! So, I think this gets into a strong point of, like, so, Marinette told Alia that she's Ladybug. Why hasn't Adrian told Nino, his best friend, that he's Cat Noir? This episode proved that Nino is not trustworthy enough. Because he, mm-hmm. in that episode, yeah. he spilled not only his own secret, but his girlfriend's secret. Whereas Alia never did that. And not only that, but also revealed that Ladybug was the one who revealed their identities to each other. Yeah. So, like, in that moment, it just, like... Don't get me wrong, Nino's still a cool guy. He helped start, he was the one that initially started to break Adrian out of his shell. Mostly out of spite for Chloe, I feel like, though, initially. Because he's like, you need better friends than her. So I'm willing, I'm Which willing is to fa- extend like, my hand in It's good he took the pity party because, because of that, Adrian has <laughs> progressed. Because now he has a little click other than Chloe, which is good. But, like... I, I think at this point, it also goes to show, like I said, like you said, he is not trustworthy when it comes to certain secrets. I think Nino's a good friend. I just, I think you can be a good friend without being able to keep a secret. That True. And well, to be fair, though, 
if he was going to tell it to anybody, at least he told it to his best friend and not, like, some random person in a class. That's also a good point. He's kept it a secret from Adrian and the entire class this entire time, and then the only time that he had to say something was when he was pissed off about the fact that there is a chance his girlfriend could have been cheating on him with And it came from anger. It didn't come from him being, like, being like, ooh, I want to cause mischief, or I just don't care about the secret. It literally came from a place of, like, in-the-moment anger. Right, so it was definitely something he didn't necessarily mm-hmm. mean or like want to do in that moment, but it, it's just it was more of like grasping at the straw mm-hmm. argument. It was, but at the same time, like sure, he can spill his own secret to Adrian if he trusts Adrian enough with that, then that's fine. But outing your own girlfriend's secret, mm-hmm. that's, that's not okay. That's yeah. not okay. But what I was getting at here was is that he had said that Cat Noir was annoying, and Adrian would take that personally. Because to him, that's like, okay, well, even though Cat Noir isn't 100% Adrian, he still has that joking side. And at that point, now he has, to, he has to think, would Nino even still be my friend should he find out? Yeah, that's fair. Because like, with Alia's, Alia's position, because at that point, she was friends with both Merida and Ladybug. But Nino's only yeah. friends with Ladybug and not and and Adrian, but not Cat Noir. Now that we've kind of like established that the in-between uh is what Adrian really is. In one of the episodes, Adrian says, Do you think I played the charming kitty cat a little too well? Do you think in later episodes, because how irritated Ladybug is being that he's going to let kind of have like his Adrian half slip into the cat noir like idea, or do you think he's just going to just continue being the way he is as cat? I think it's gonna I... take them like separating for him to and possibly even being replaced for him to like get there, honestly. Kodaneko? Yeah. Yeah. I feel like that's where that episode's going to go. Because in that episode, we don't really know what's going on other than the fact that he gives up his miraculous and then there's a new holder. And we still, to this day, don't know who it is. People think, of course, Felix is a big contender. He's kind of right up there. And then everybody thinks that, well, what if it's also like Adrian himself? But because, you know, he had to like switch the outfit around because technically the, the way the costume look is how you it, it, like initially desire it to be. Because that's, See, that's the one that I think it is. I think Marinette was like, I need to give this to another holder. And then she picks Adrian. That's what I that's what I'm confident with is going to happen. And then Adrian's going to mess up just depressing. like with the snake miraculous and give it back. Probably something like that. I don't want it to go exactly like that because they already did that. But... No, what I what I think will happen is is that Ladybug will be a little bit. If it's Adrian, she'll be too distracted, and she'll like at the end of it, and she'll be like, "You did great." Unfortunately, I am way too distracted by you. I'm sorry. I need Cat Noir back. Because like she literally like like when she was. When Adrian had the snake miraculous, she was also distracted. She was also like heavily listening to him, thinking about him, looking at him, just paying attention. I mean, attention he was to distracted not, too. Like... Well, right, they were both distracted, so it makes sense. But I like. I think that maybe if it is Adrian, there'll be that distracted piece again. But there could also be that moment where 
Adrian is just like, I don't, I don't want to do this. I'm sorry. I find a different holder. I can't. And then just walks away. Because if like it's depressing to think about. Because if Ladybug comes to him and is like, "You're the only one that I could think of to take this," and he's just like, "God damn it! Why can't this stay away from me?" But like now he has to play a role again. He has to be the perfect kid. He has to be the perfect sunshine boy that everybody knows as Adrian Agrest. He can't crack jokes. He can't do that stuff. He has to be the perfect prince, and that's depressing to think about that when he is cat noir he is free to act however he pleases but then when he gets this again and has to be catwalker it's like shutting everything down again he's basically turning into a robot at that point and it's so sad to think about i really want it to be like felix or somebody from the future so that we don't have to traumatize adrian any more than we already have no, he needs more pain so that we can be happy at the end. I, with the way that they're running this, I honestly think a little bit of what you both are saying are right. I think that she, like, he would end up, Adrian would end up giving it up. And then Marionette ha- picks Adrian to be it. And then, like you're saying, he would be distracted. Or she would be distracted the entire time because it's Adrian. But... I think it would pick up then because I think that you're also right in the sense that it's Adrian putting on an act and putting on another act on top of that act. And I think it will also make her realize that she misses her kitty cat. Right. So I I, like, even if it's like, you know, because anytime you go into a battle, cat always makes some Uh type of pun. This is an entire cat episode, and what if he doesn't make a single cat pun, but then Ladybug does, and then Catwalker doesn't, Uh he doesn't even chuckle, or smile, or anything, and Ladybug's like, you could could, like, crack a joke, Uh you know? And he's just like, it it wasn't Precisely. Like, this is they shut down. And then she's just like, oh my god. Uh Yeah, so I think that could do it too. Is this like Ladybug actually tries to crack a joke and like make a pun because that's what she's used to with Cat Noir, and then with Catwalker, like if he doesn't laugh or doesn't have any emotion with it, and it's just like, well, we defeated the villain, peace. Or what if like even too is like she goes to do the pound it thing and he's just like, I gotta go, see ya. Doesn't doesn't do the thing and she's just like, wait a minute, do the, <laughs> do thing. the thing. Julie, do the thing. (laughs) Julie, do the thing! (laughs) It'd almost be like the flip. Well, it's it's almost like, because they've said that they've kind of split off the New York special from the regular show. And it kind of... Which, again, don't like. Yeah, I don't like that either. But it's almost like they're adding that to the show after they did it in the special. Where they're like, they realize in hindsight that they still need each other. Hindsight 2020. It's going to be different than the New York special because when we had the New York special, we didn't quite have all of the pieces together that we have mm-hmm. so far in season four. Because Ladybug has literally said, you're irreplaceable, Cat Noir, and I'll never abandon you, mm-hmm. Kitty Cat. And like, we got to keep our identities a secret and all these things like these rules and stuff and like holders and uh, new holders and everything. And it's like... It it completely is falling on Ladybug to do absolutely everything, and I think it also goes to show that even though Cat is getting kind of ignored in a sense, um, 
I think Ladybug is pushing too much onto her and not trying to share the burden with her partner that could be helping her with this. Well, that was the whole premise of, like, season two when they started to do the storyline, where Master Fu basically picked only Marinette to teach all of these secrets to. And then it wasn't until the end of season two in the Frozer episode when Cat Noir was finally let in on what was going on. Yeah, and he was about to give us a miraculous update too, and he'll be like, alright, what's all these secrets? What's going on? Why are you leaving me out of the loop? Which, that's uh, that's an issue that I've had with the last few episodes, is Marionette continues to keep, or not Marionette, but Ladybug continues to keep Cat Noir out of the loop, um, not up with the information that they, they have going on. Like, I see Alia as, when it comes to superheroes, she's the woman in the chair. She's the person who's, like, she's the tech guru, she knows the stuff, she knows where you're going. And I wish they'd utilize her in that role more, but even more than that, if Cat Noir knew that they have, like, a whole team, and that they could all be utilizing and helping each other, it would work so much better for both of them. And it's not like there's not story to be told there. Right, and I think the main thing here, though, is is that... Even though ever since the Cat Blanc episode, that's when this all started. So it's definitely has to do with that nightmare slash trauma of knowing that Cat could destroy the entire world with knowing her identity. But at that point, just don't tell him your identity. You can still tell them, hey, Rena is still here. She's now Rena Furtive. Don't say anything. She's meant to try and find Hawk Moth. Mm-hmm. Keep it hush-hush on the DL, please. And it's like, oh, okay, yeah. good to know. We have her as a resource still. Good yeah. to know. And then and then you can also say, hey, this was a sitch. I had to kind of spill the beans between two heroes' identities. They know who they are. Don't be telling people. Or it's just like as simple as like, here, this is the the miraculous to whoever, please bring it to this person. And it's like, oh, that's who they are? Yes, they're going to be this hero. Keep it hush hush. You know, it's like, so simple as that. When we started doing this, I wanted to like start to understand because there's rules to this. There's rules to how the miraculous work. Therefore, there's rules to. There's rules to everything. and. That the, the magic rules are in an episode. Yeah, I, I went through some events last night and I drank an entire bottle of champagne and I took some notes. So let me tell you something. At no point is it specifically Cat Noir or Adrian or Marionette or Ladybug's fault that the world implodes. The catalytic event is always Hawk Moth finding out. It is always Hawk Moth finding out, and they specifically name that the reason that they can't know each other's identities isn't because the world will implode, but because if Hawk Moth captures only one of them, they can figure out the other's identities and we will hand over the miraculous. It, it, he basically manipulates the emotions Which, of one of the two characters. Precisely. Precisely. Which. But in the end, like, all he needs to do is reveal to Adrian all he's been doing to try and get him either on his side or to get him emotionally unstable enough to akumatize him. But both times, Adrian has been akumatized. Yes. Which... And has caused the end of the world. Which speaks to me on another way, because we've seen characters 
not be akumatized. Like, we honestly just watched Felix decide, no, nah, I'm good, man, thanks. And right, every but- time he gets akumatized, which just tells me off the bat, therapy, and that there's more that we are not seeing when it comes to, like, either all of his relationships or maybe just what's happening at home. I think this will then help us transition into the next big portion of this, the senti monster theory. Here we go. Oh oh my god. (laughs) Choo-choo, motherfuckers! All aboard! In the Infernal episode, this is where we are introduced to the big, big, huge theory that Mm -hmm. Adrian could be a senti monster, and that the ring that was originally Emily's, because they're twin rings, is Adrian's a muck. Mm -hmm. And that this boy is a feather. And the reason why uh, Infermal brings to this is because when Gabriel is saying, you need to go do this, and Adrian is like, I really don't want to do this. He twists the ring twice, and then Adrian seems to conform Mm -hmm. to Gabriel's Mm -hmm. wish of, like, you need to go do this. Especially when he's being akumatized. So then that then begs in in itself, could Adrian have broken out of the akumatization should he have had his own amok? Or if he is even a senti monster. Because it seems as though he wanted to. It's just he might have not had full control. I'm literally cracking. And getting, <laughs> I'm getting ready to get into this. Because I have I just, some... <laughs> right ahead. You guys are like stuck. No. Speechless. You're like all the thoughts are coming in at once and your mouth can't move. I just had the enough. funniest theory. One that makes no sense, but it ties into something we were talking about at the beginning. Send it. What if... <laughs> what if instead, um, like, the amok was in the ring, but it was, like, instead of it being... Instead of Adrian being the senti monster, it was, like, the jacket he was wearing, and that's why he wears that jacket every day. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Jesus Christ. Because <laughs> nobody's cat noir. He's not wearing the jacket. So he can do what he wants. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> magically speaking, technically, yes. Technically, yes. He's not wearing the jacket. <laughs> okay, I know that's not, I know that that's <laughs> not going to be what the answer is, but how funny would that be if it turned out it wasn't him, but it was something he was wearing? <laughs> Oh my god. In any case, Coco. Are y'all ready for this? (laughs) What are your bullet points? So, I'm gonna do two things here. I'm gonna support it, and then I'm gonna take it down. Because unfortunately, I don't believe it's true. But I do think it's a good theory, and that they could do this with a different character if they wanted to. Because it is very fun. So, like you were saying with the ring. um, Number one. I, I have notes. So, um, the Kwamis can sense others and they can sense dark auras. Uh, there's also uh, the, uh, I didn't write it down. It's, uh, the Peacock Miraculous, the holder, can also sense a mux, which does tear down the theory a little bit. But, as we uh, have been talking about, if we were to go in this theory, my belief is that Emily wanted a child because she was painted as the woman who could not have children. That's the, uh, our artist's understanding of it. Um, wanted so for, a child. For, 
real quick for context, the painting that's in Gabriel's office mm-hmm. is the woman. Yeah. Which yeah. was a woman who could not have children. Yeah. You can Google yes, it. It's precisely. a thing. I'm agree- I agree with you 100%. Um, this... <clears throat> this could be why the uh, peacock was broken, like uh, you were talking about, uh, Chibi, was she, Emily quite literally created the perfect senti monster, because as we know... Senti monsters can exist without needing to be told what to do. Like, they have their own intelligence and they have their own wills. Um, they just need to have, if they're designed they just need to. to have that freedom. And they're based on an emotion. So Emily could have used a very strong emotion and created the perfect ideal son that looks just like her sisters. Because I haven't seen a single baby photo of Adrian. I have seen baby photos. Uh, I've seen how like photos in Alia's house. I've seen photos in Marionette's house. I haven't seen a single baby photo of Adrian. And then on top of that, if it is a baby photo of Adrian, how do you know it's not a photo of Felix? That's because the, the main thing that got us was that in Wishmaker, uh, Adrian has like a memory, and he goes back, and we see a memory of uh, him in the the crib with his mother and father looking over him. But uh, I think uh, the fandom is diving too deep deep into it. But if you look at the <laughs> image, Gabriel has green eyes, and the mother has blue uh, eyes, so their eye colors switched. <laughs> but I don't know if that's accidental or purposeful. You can never I'm, know in the show. I'm starting to think it might just be the quality control. Yeah, I, have, I yeah. think that might have been a post I think that's an accident. But the, the fandom is diving way too deep into that one, and I'm sitting here going, I understand, but please don't try to give them another straw mm-hmm. to grasp at. I think that was just a mistake, and they can go, oopsies! Don't give them an excuse. Um, what else did I write down here? So, the other thing is, within the rules of the Peacock Miraculous, only the holder of the Peacock Miraculous can control the Senta Monster. I.e., and so now we're going to start knocking down the theory, unfortunately. So, not necessarily, because all you need is the the amok itself. Because remember, in Senti Bubbler, uh, Pegabug takes the cup that has Senti Bubbler attached to it and then is able to control Senti Bubbler. Okay, so, so then in that it, case, it's, you, have it's to more hold, of... you have to be the holder of the... So, like, it, it could be the ring, like we're thinking here. Um, right. The, the main thing is is that Emily is the only one who can revoke Adrian's yes. existence. Yeah. If well, he's a Senti Bubbler. No. So she literally could snap her fingers, but the only other way to do that is to so, break the So amok. could Natalie, and that's what I'm getting at here, is when Natalie put on the Peacock Miraculous, Natalie would have sensed that Adrian is a sens- senti monster. Like she does later when she senses Feast, uh, the senti monster that uh, Master Fu created. Right, but it also she had to touch No, she Feast didn't. She literally as... was just standing there. She doesn't have to touch him. Okay, so maybe she's in on it? I think she might. In I on think... So that's, and pulling into it, she could already be aware of the fact that Adrian is a senti monster. So Natalie knows a lot. Natalie does know a lot, but so... falling up, here's the theory falling apart again. The ring that Gabriel currently has is not Emily's. 
Emily's ring so that is, by, is being held by Felix. So the thing is, how would you how would you know? Because they're twin rings, and because he just got one Gabriel back. How do you know which one's his? Gabriel specifically states in the show, I know every inch and every scratch on Emily's ring. That is not her ring. He, he says, says it in, he says it in Gabriel Agress. So then maybe it wasn't her ring that has Adrian maybe but but why does he want the ring back so bad which would mean that either it is the muck or he wants the ring for other purposes. Well, that's where the theory came in, was is that, that Felix is also a senti monster, because in Gabriel Agreste, he says, I could snap my fingers and you so will disappear. So, that... And people are like, now there's so, two of them? Yeah, I have so, like... twin, the twin senti monsters theories. Um, but then wouldn't, wouldn't the sister be in on it then, too? Precisely. It, that'd be a lot of people, which he does have some kind of weird secret society going on. I, like, maybe the sister isn't in on it. That's the thing, though, is, is that, like, what if she's not in on it? Oh, where you know, has been left from? out of a lot of stuff. That That's the thing, though, is, is that we know that she's the mother. Okay. But what if, what if instead of saying, because, like, has she specifically said that Felix, Felix is her biological son? Or do you think that maybe she might have been, like, adopting is like hey there's this baby up for adoption why don't you take this kid and it's actually a senti monster that was created but like her sister was like this kid's but up for that adoption. would imply that him. emily made a senti monster a copy of her own child and then put it up for adoption instead of just giving it to her well no that's what i'm saying is is that like she gave it to her sister saying this kid's oh, up for adoption okay, do you want okay. this child and then and then probably never exactly told them like my son is up for adoption <laughs> Well, that's the thing is that twin rings, and then there's basically they're twin cousins. Because the sisters were twins, weren't they? Weren't they? I do yeah. think that's weird, but then again, they just made Julica and Luca twins, and I'm starting to think that's because they're. I look. Yeah. I think here's what I. Think. I think Thomas is messing with us. I think he's on the forums. I think, I think he's so on the forums. I think he sees the theories. I went and like searched his Twitter, and he's been literally calling us out and been like, "You guys are reading." way too much into this all right here's the <laughs> rules and like literally put down the rules for what a senti monster is and is not what it can and what it can do. yeah i told you that one like it's it's getting like we're getting crazy with it but like i am the one thing that does keep me on it is the ring thing because even if he's not gabriel isn't like after it because it's in a muck i still don't understand why he wants the ring so bad but then again, I also don't understand what he's doing in the And the next thing that some of the fandom did point out as like counter arguments to the senti monster theory was is that Adrian, when he was nervous, he had also did the wiggling of the ring thing because I don't know if you remember that one time where he went to like confront his dad about something and he that's when Gabriel had noticed that uh, Adrian has a ring that had like a very similar look to the miraculous. So and he's sitting there twisting it on his finger out of like nervousness. That's quite literally, yeah. That's quite literally what I think it is. I don't necessarily think it's uh, like him picking up on anything. I just think it's something he's noticed his dad do his entire life, and he's just picking up on it. So he's picked it up as well. 
And it may be, too, uh, it, we haven't really seen it, but even though that he twists the ring and then he conforms, what if there's, like, a chance that maybe because, like, because it was just, it's, before in the car, it was a quinky dink. And then the second time it happened in Interdefermal, I'm sitting there going, that's not a quinky dink. All right, fool me once, shame on you, fool me twice. So, I, like, that, I... He wasn't looking I, at his father yeah. when he did so that. So I'd like to bring up another thing that could be what's happening. It might be their best way of um, expressing abuse. You can't actually have an adult slap on a Disney or a Nickelodeon TV show. It's not going to go very well. It's not the 90s anymore. Uh, so right. the, the way, like, if for, and just thinking about it, if Adrian were to be slapped, Rings hurt, even when it's just a metal band. Um, so it oh, might yeah. just no, be do. him signaling, if you don't do what I want, you and this ring are going to become close buddies. But that's the thing, is just that he wasn't even looking at his father, so how would he know that Because you can ring? still look down and shoot your eyes over. Like, it, like, just, I know they're not showing it to us, but, like, it can also be, like, he's in a position that, like, Adrian might be used to and when you're used to being abused and used to being disappointed you know what like the like you know what the person next to you is doing okay but like hear me out counter arguments <laughs> of this one it, it like you can make it more obvious in that sense because for instance as an example in gravity falls freaking the rich white bitch that i forget her name uh, uh, but her parents in one they of the ring episodes, the bell. she tried to disobey them and yes. they ring the bell and she's yes. scared. And I'm sitting there going, yes. oh, my God, precisely. Oh, um, my God. So you can you can show that in a sense I, where parents are I like, <gasps> I'd also argue that Alex Hirsch is a better writer than Thomas Ashdruck. <laughs> yeah, this is true. You hear your voice okay. tenfold, tenfold. I'm very close to your microphone now. <laughs> but crap, I had I had something I was gonna say and that I forgot. Um, sorry. All right, but we are getting close to getting uh, like to time frame, um, so I would say let's get like last minute thoughts out. So my, because if you watch the entire show. Usually what'll happen when Adrian tries to do something that his father doesn't want and he asks him about it, he'll ask and then his dad says no. And then he, he tries to push it a little bit and his dad like firmly says no the second time and then Adrian caves. Yeah. Like that happens in the show all the time. Yeah. Whether he's fiddling with a ring or not. Mm-hmm. So it's... Okay. That's what because I also don't think the Senti monster thing is true because of the trolling that Thomas is doing. I yeah. and because Adrian always folds to his father anyway. Mm -hmm. But there's a third reason that we haven't touched on as to why I don't think it's true, and that's the aftermath of if it is true. Because if you look at it from an outside perspective, like you're this kid's best friend. Like, Nino, in that sense. Or anybody else from the school, for that matter. Like, Chloe, who grew up with this kid. Only to find out that this kid isn't even real. Mm -hmm. Like, what kind of mental blow would that do to somebody? It's almost the equivalent of a child finding out that Santa isn't real. They've made their main character somebody who basically doesn't have any anatomy or... But well. that's, that's the thing, is... 
like he like literally one of the tweets that Thomas just made was is that if a sentient monster is made to be human, it is made to be human. And the concept of that idea with the fandom is is that if Emily had made a hundred percent human, like was the goal the goal for her her desire when she made this was to make a baby, a literal baby. So in my mind, if 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 it was the senti monster theory, it would necessarily be a senti monster, but an artificial human being created by magic. You're saying that she went above and beyond the miraculous powers that they thought they had, and she created quite literally a human right. being baby that would grow and age. Yes, eat, sleep, shit, grow, cry, bleed. It has like you okay. take a DNA test, it would the DNA will say that he is related to Gabriel and Emily. Like the, like down to a T. Like everything that you can think of for a human literally went into the building of this senti monster. And that's to me that in my mind is what made the peacock miraculous crack. Is because she used so much magic energy to create life. Like, literally, not necessarily just even, like, a familiar, but in the sense of a literal human child. She played God and got too close to the sun. That's what happened here. So that's hard, because we still don't know how the Peacock Miraculous got damaged. And as far as we know right now, the only way we have confirmed that a Miraculous can be destroyed is through Cat Noir's Cataclysm. Mm-hmm. Right. Which, there's no way... That the Cataclysm could have touched that Peacock Miraculous in that 100-year time span. And Plague would have known about it. So, in my mind, it's like, there could be a chance that, you know, a Miraculous could destroy itself if it used too much of its own magical power. Or if a Holder tried to use too much of the power. You know, it, like going above and beyond it, pushing it to its, its to its extremes. Or if you do something that could be outside of a, maybe they might even, who knows, giving it too, too much credit, too much credit, there might actually be a magic law where maybe if you're trying to play God, it's going to, you know, make it so you can't use your miraculous anymore. <laughs> you know, who knows? But in my mind literally when she was creating adrian as a senti monster if we're going with the theory and saying it is true he is human a hundred percent like well like literally was made as a baby and was like this is child now and is able to grow eat sleep anything like get sick get hurt he like yes even though he is a senti monster he can still die like a normal human he could get sick and then like punch his own ticket in like the 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 hospital. Like yes, that like 100% human in my mind. Like no matter what. And if like let's say it's not necessarily the amok that gets destroyed, but like Adrian himself actually dies, then the amok itself will just fade from existence. Like the feather will just be like. But that's goodbye. the critical thing that doesn't make Adrian 100% human. His life is attached to that feather, no matter how real he is. Precisely. Right. Well, that's it's one of those like risk things in a sense, because you you're you're human and then you also have this ring that if it gets destroyed, you die. And it's it's still fragile. 
but it doesn't make him immoral. Adrian is Sauron. <laughs> I I think that if this were the case as well, I feel like Gabriel would be taking a lot more out on Adrian. Like I I like it doesn't seem like he blames um Adrian for like the death of Emily. It kind of looks like he blames the miraculous for it. Or whatever the hell she's doing. If she's in a coma, right. I don't know. But, like, as far as Adrian's aware, his mom disappeared. Right, just, yeah, she just like, vanished. Up and left. Like, she, was, she started getting sick, and then yeah, he remembers her getting dizzy spells, like Natalie does currently. And... <sighs> I don't know. It's... It's a giant mess. It's a giant <laughs> It really and... is. And I like as much as I love the idea of the senti monster theory, I'm like hopeful and not hopeful about it. I've come to the point where it's like if he is, I've accepted it. I, at this point, I've accepted it. I don't care if he is a feather. I love him either way, and I will wholeheartedly make sure that he is okay in life. Like get him some therapy. But I'm adopting this child. You're no longer dealing with your toxic family. If he isn't a senti monster, I'm still fine with it. Great, you're 100 you and you you were born like a normal boy. Go in with it. Great. Sorry, either no. way. <laughs> <laughs> either way he is still the character that we know and love and i'm i'm pretty sure at some point yes the fandom if he is a senti monster will be very pissed and upset because it's a whole can of worms where it's like is he human mm -hmm. is he not human like what's going on oh. what's the magic law which we'll get into a different episode i would have been able to sense that but he was a senti monster as well that's the thing though maybe if he wasn't like the strongest senti monster ever created because like i said what if she made it like adrian you know what? i don't human like how good literally you are an artificial human being <laughs> you're freaking irritating you're irritating so, because like, you know like it, and if that's the, the case of magic, then would myura be able to sense of magic if because yeah but no but yeah so if we, we don't have a nice strong grasp of the magic law in the show because they don't yeah, have they it need either. To, like, they need to start selling the book that's got all the rules so I can like figure out what's going on. <laughs> the unofficial official guide. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> seriously. I mean, my, my thought maybe this is a bit of a stretch, but if Natalie doesn't know if Adrian is senti monster or not, and this is assuming that Adrian is, maybe because if this is how the miraculous got damaged then the damage also ties into um, maybe the disconnect between Adrian and the Miraculous. So yeah, she can still detect the one that the feast one because that's not why the Miraculous got damaged. I don't know. It's a bit of a stretch, but I'm wondering if the damage is tied to her not knowing if he's a sentient monster. That is, if she doesn't know he's a sentient monster, because she very well might know already. That's true. Right. We don't. We don't know. But that that could be an all like added to the theories as well. I can well. see I like her being cold-hearted and train her stepson. How dare you? Again, that's like a, that's another one of those magic law things where it could be a stretch, but it could make sense yeah. based on the magic. Yeah. All right. Well, in any case, uh, we've established this character uh, very complex. We got there's probably a lot that we've missed, and there's still going to be more developing with mm -hmm. Adrian slash Cat Noir when the new shows come out, like new episodes come out with like Kuro Neko and uh, Psych Median and all all those other ones that start coming out for you know, especially the season finale because there's some going down in that one. 
we've covered every base that we can for now. We're going to say goodbye now. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening. Have a good one and see you guys in the next episode. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.